with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And this is Tim. So, Paul, you know, Luke Cage, season two of Luke Cage, uh-huh. had, uh, started streaming last week. I am, I think, four episodes in. Streaming like diarrhea, from what I hear? Uh, you know, I gotta <laughs> say, I've got issues with this season. Yeah. I, I, I have some pretty strong issues with this season. And uh, not the least of which is we all know that Misty Knight's getting a bionic arm. Don't hide the cheese. Just give me the fucking bionic arm. We're four episodes in and she doesn't have it yet. And I'm like, God damn it. Give her the goddamn arm. I, I have heard yeah. negative things about that. Uh, that that second season. I will also say uh, I Alfre Woodard is an actress I really enjoy. And she has adopted a very Al Pacino sort of chew the scenery type of uh, approach to her character this year. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it doesn't suit her well. I prefer her when she is a little bit more nuanced in her performance. And uh, she's just very kind of over the top bad guy. And uh, it's not working for me. So, anywho, uh, I'm so far not dazzled by Luke Cage. I'm going to tell you. I, oh, go ahead. I, say, I don't intend to watch it because I couldn't make it through the first season. Yeah, I have no intentions of watching Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. or um, Unless Iron Fist somehow is good, I'm not going to bother with that either. Now that they're not leading up to something, like I felt obligated to watch those first seasons because they were because i'm like they are building up to defenders and i gotta watch it because i gotta i want to see defenders and some of that shit was rough and now season two like they're like no we we don't really have plans for a defender season two and i'm like that's what i want to (laughs) hear see i will watch luke i will watch jessica jones because it is still my favorite of the the streaming ones i've seen I gotta say, my top three now that I've now that I'm caught up bef- until before Jessica Jones are Daredevil's one, two, and Punisher. Punisher was fucking good. Pun- Punisher yeah. was freaking amazing. Punisher. And see, yeah, I Punisher haven't seen Punisher yet, so I have a feeling I'll love it when I get around to watching it. But it was really good. It, it is like really a hard good. R though, and it's so funny. And Wayne, this isn't really spoilers, but you have like eye gouging, heads exploding, violent, violent, violent shit. But they don't drop an F-bomb. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. too far. Like, well, and whoa, will, we don't want I, that one. I will say one of the things that's really put me off this season of Luke Cage is the prolific use of the N-word. And that didn't seem to be as ubiquitous in the first season, but it is everywhere in this season. And I'm like, I don't – I mean, I – you know, I know I am, you know, repressed white guy and, you know, I am uncomfortable every time I hear that word um, because, you know, anytime the word is spoken, it's like they all think the white guy said it, <laughs> you know, and and I just it makes me super uncomfortable. So th- this is not nearly as much fun to watch as the first season was. I think I'm I- using up. I think I'm using up all my Netflix juice on Riverdale season two right now. Oh, yeah. I got to now- catch up on that. I did finish Flash season four, and it was awesome. Really, Flash season yes. four is fucking awesome. Hmm. Okay. Great, great villain. Yeah, uh, a lot of really interesting characters. I love Dibney. Yeah, Dibney's great, and uh, I'd like to point out that not everything is quite so on the nose in the season about how it's going to resolve. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Flash season four, and I gotta say, streaming is the way to watch it. Hmm. 
it, it, it is it, it really works well in binging. I think that I would have gotten gotten exhausted watching it week over week. But uh, See, binging is the way to go. I didn't stream it, but I've been so busy that uh, it would build up. So I basically marathoned it off my DVR watching yeah. four episodes at a time. I got to tell you, I, I, part of me feels like the way the CW shows get released to Netflix works against the network because I think I'm not going to DVR any of the CW shows anymore because uh, what I, what happens is I don't have time to watch them during the season and then the minute they go to Netflix, I de- delete them off my DVR. Since they're going so quickly over, I just don't see any reason to record them any longer. Yeah, well, I don't think they care. You like, you know, I do think yeah. it works against the network, but I think the... I think they kind of plan that in with the whole Netflix deal that they yeah. have. Um, you know, and it's funny we're talking about streaming because DC Universe had their big announcement this week that um, right now they're taking applications to participate in the beta. And um, can I can I just say that I was right, Paul? I was right. I planted my flag. I was right about the the DC Universe streaming. Paul and I were taught. Paul's like, I wonder what they're going to offer. You know, that's going to make it you know stand out. And I'm like, they're going to offer uh, comic books on the TV. Yeah. And sure enough, they're offering comic books on your TV. Yep. And Paul, I definitely put in to be part of the beta. Hopefully, oh, yeah. I get it. So oh, yeah, same here. So it's an exciting. So I, I was already excited about DC Universe. I was pissed about another streaming service, but with this week's announcement, they you know they they haven't announced any new series. Um, but when it launches later this year, it will launch with the live action Titans series. Um, Young Justice was delayed till 2019. Um, but in 2019, we'll get Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Young Justice, and Harley Quinn. Um, and in addition to that, we have, um, uh, those are the original series. They're going to have classic features. They show like the Superman films from the eighties. They show, uh, Batman animated series, justice league animated series, classic TV series. Like Aaron said, they said, read from a curated list of modern and classic digital comics. Now, if they connect it to comiXology, I will be a happy camper. Um, exclusive merchandise, and they announced the first round of exclusive merchandise. I don't know if you guys saw this. Yeah. Uh, the Justice League uh, animated series action figures that yes. look hot. Yeah. Yeah, I think they look great. I The exclusive merchandise is also a way that it uh, is making itself different than other streaming services. And normally I wouldn't be happy about that, right? Normally I'd be like, oh, so I'm paying to buy shit. But... Damn it, that Justice League set looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's how you do it, right? You yeah. make sure that what you're going to offer is awesome and exclusive. Yep. You know, I mean, they're not doing themselves any favors if they make that stuff available elsewhere. No. You know, and in their their little image, you can see all of the DC animated movies. You can see the the Batman Returns, um, like the the 1980s Batman series. You can see the Wonder Woman TV series. I do not see Batman 66 as a thumbnail in there. Uh, perhaps that, you know, that's, that's another level of rights that they, they don't have. Um, but still I'm excited about it. If with the right price point, I mean, I'm all in regardless, but with the right yeah. price point, I won't have to cancel something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm real curious as to how much this is going to cost. My only concern now, and I'm, I'm sure that it's sort of a, uh, a, a version one issue, uh, is how I'm going to access it. Cause you know, of the, of the uh, platforms that they say that they're going to support, uh, Chromecast is the one that I have to go through. And I hate 
watching things through Chromecast. Yeah, agreed. Hopefully it'll be an Xbox or a PlayStation app kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. I didn't see the the list of platforms that they it's support. It's like Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Chromecast, something else. Uh-huh. I but have yeah. none of those. I'm that, I'm holding out on wanting them to do uh, the PlayStation because that's what I stream everything through is my PlayStation 4. I'm sure they will. They, I mean, they and yeah, I, they have that exclusive deal with the PlayStation for the um, that m- m- multiplayer thing, the multiplayer RPG. What was it, TC Universe Online or something? Yeah. So I'd imagine yep. they will. It looks pretty hot, though. Yeah. I, I'm I gotta say, I'm a lot more excited than I was. And, you know, they released some pictures of uh, Brenton Thwaites as Robin, um, looking very Arkham Asylum Robin esque. You know, from the the video game series. But that does kind of bring up this week's new Teen Titans special, um, straight from the events of No Justice. Um, This is part of the New Justice line. So you've got Teen Titans, you've got Justice League Odyssey, Justice League Dark. Um, I think there is a Titans book and um, obviously Justice League. And so this is the start of the new arc. Uh, This one's written by Adam Glass, art by Ropes and Roca, who I'm I'm familiar with. I have to ask. You're the gullible one. Did you read No Justice? Yeah, yeah. I, I did with Paul. Yeah, I did. I did as well. I, I thought okay. it was damn good, actually. Yeah, it was. It was a good series. What happened in it? Because they're talking about a planet blowing up and all of this. I here's the thing. I recommend reading No Justice. It's it's genuinely a good series. But the 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 concept of No Justice is that because the multi the the source wall has broken, things from beyond the source wall are coming into our universe, and it's basically like a group of. Galactuses, like planet eaters. I think there's four of them. I, I have four. Yeah, yeah and, there was four um, of them. And basically, the Justice League failed to save um, Brainiac's homeworld. I think in the, in in that series, uh, and so the, the the planet is destroyed. So that that's what they're referring to there. Okay, yeah, definitely. This book felt like if you didn't do no justice, that you've missed some major things. I don't think so. I mean, I I, I honestly. I don't feel like uh, No Justice really sets the table for this book. I will say as someone who didn't read No Justice, it kept getting referenced in the notes, and I felt like I was missing things of the book. I think, I think, if, you, I, I think if you take away the fact that uh, the the status quo got shook up pretty hard as far as uh, who can work with whom and what's you know good and evil and blah, blah, blah. Eh, it might be okay. I think that I think that the notes did you a disservice, Wayne. I think I, they honestly, intentionally I, I, wanted to make you feel that way. Is my yeah. is is what I think they're <laughs> like. You miss no they, justice. You need to read it. They were definitely successful in that because multiple times through the book, I felt like I was missing a major part of the story. So, and can, I disagree with Paul. I don't think No Justice was that good a book. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I felt like that it was it was very. Uh, uh, I felt like it was very crafted and you could see the crafting, you know, you could, you were very aware of the structure of, you know, this is the problem and this is the only way the problem can be solved. And so we've got to create these, you know, very artificial sorts of teams so that we can, you know, address these creatures that we've never heard of before that are, you know, it just, it seemed very, it, it felt like metal in a lot of, in a lot of respects. And I didn't like the way metal worked out. Yeah, and um, I could I could understand that, and I didn't love metal either, um, you know. But I think, and, and and let me clarify, I did think it, it the middle part of 
of No Justice didn't connect with me, but I thought it it worked out in the end. I th- I thought the setup was really interesting where Brainiac is heading up the teams, right? Yeah. And that Brainiac doesn't really communicate his strategy before something terrible happens to Brainiac. And then, you know, Brainiac's homeworld gets destroyed, right? Com- comically so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like I will say I do like the setup that uh the all of the shrunken worlds that – what is Brainiac's homeworld name? Is it Telos? Kalu? Kalu. Thank you. Kalu. Um, you know, all of these Kaluan, you know, worlds that they didn't collect because, hey, let's destroy all these worlds and then we'll, we'll be the only ones that have these, you know, remnant cultures. These were worlds that uh, Kalu had rescued. But now they've all grown up and are occupying this one small area of space and you know hijinks are going to ensue there, right? I think that's a great setup for for additional stories. But it was all the stuff about how we fight this, and you know what was going on on Earth with Amanda Waller and Green Arrow. It I it just seemed very formulaic, and and, and I did not much care for that. Oh, I hear so. you. And but if if what comes out of it is I've I've enjoyed the Justice League book so far, um, and before we get into the contents of Teen Titans, I do want to reference two ads in this book. Um, Justice League Odyssey from Joshua Looks Williams hot. and Stepan Sayich. Yes, uh, uh, you know I'm not a fan of Cyborg, but you've got the um, the the new Green Lantern. You've got Starfire. You've got Azrael, and you've got Darkseid in there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 on board with that. But even more so than that, James Tynion the Fourth and Alvira, Alvaro Martinez on Justice League Dark. Yeah, that looks hot too. With Detective Chimp and Man Bat. Right with his sword, with his sword right yes. there. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Man you Bat. Know, I, I would have no interest if Detective Chimp wasn't there. Oh, Zaytana? Yeah, no, I love Detective Zaytana. Detective Chimp is there with a sword. I'm interested. I am 100% yeah, I on board with this book. I, I am not a Swamp Thing guy. In fact, I, I, I am usually turned off by Swamp Thing, but uh, I, everybody else on in that team looks fantastic. You know, the odd thing is I'm not a fan of Swamp Thing, but I'm still interested in the TV show when they do it. Yeah. James Wan is a good talent, so I hope, I, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be good. I, I don't know. I, I, as long as we're talking about these, I thought the one that like caught my eye was the, the Titans one. The Miss Martian, Wonder Girl, Nightwing, Beast Boy one. Yeah, I'm curious about it. I mean, I'll give them all a first issue shot, just like I did with Teen Titans. But I I, I think I'm I'm out on Teen Titans after having read this book. Shit. God, this book was crap. Hell yes, I'm out. Yeah. So a a couple of things. One, uh, you know, word out on the street, you know, uh, before New Comic Book Day was that this is the book to buy. You know, big earth shattering things are going to happen. You know, it was the it was, you know, creators talking to bloggers saying, you know, you want to let people know that this is the one to buy. And of course, that worked out well for them because it sold out, went to a second printing. I read this book and I'm like, what was the big surprise? What was the big, you know, turning event? And I felt like I might know what it was, but it just it, it didn't strike me as earth shattering well and here's the thing so um, we're gonna go ahead and throw on a spoiler warning here uh tim <laughs> spoiler <laughs> thank you um because the the big earth shattering thing i'm assuming that they're referring to is that um it is implied that damian wayne shoots black mask in the head but we all know better yeah, like, it was implied. If he did it, we would have seen the body on the page. Well, and if and if it is that earth shattering, show me. 
Yeah. Show yes. me. Don't do it off panel. Fucking show me. Because I know that's not real. I know it's not. Robin yeah. didn't kill Black Mask. Give me a break. Like, we know that's misleading. They're, it's intentionally misleading. Yeah. The art is intentionally misleading, and the fact that they didn't show it just goes to show that he didn't. So I'm not... You know, for it to be this big earth-shattering thing, it's not. It's it that that is a that is false advertising. And quite honestly, this book was pretty terrible. Oh, um, yeah, so bad. There are three separate story, well, three separate character focuses in here, and I don't like Damian Wayne. Never have this new Red Arrow. I know nothing about. I'm not going to say I dislike the character. I really just knew nothing about her, so I had no investment in the story whatsoever. And that last Flash one just kind of fell flat for me. It was better than the other two, because at least I knew and cared about the character a little bit. But it wasn't wasn't my Wally, that's for sure. And it just was kind of flat. It was just a kid Flash story. And did you did you see that Harley grabbed Wally's ass? I did. I, I, this I thought this book was terrible from top to bottom. There, I really I found no redeeming qualities in this book. The whole argument between uh, the uh, the two flashes between Wally and Wally was ridiculous to me. Hey, yeah, actually, that my Wally, me. my Wally seemed out of character because he that just doesn't sound like him. He doesn't just follow Barry, you know, mindlessly. He. It seems like he would be encouraging the younger Flash more. Yeah, which reminds me. So, Wayne, you're reading that Flash War book, aren't you? Yes, I am. Is it any good? Oh, I love it. It is a Wally story through and through. And it's the they've shown him that he had children. Hmm. And he's fighting to get back his family that he lost in, and that he now blames Barry for because they disappeared because of Flashpoint. Ah, uh-huh. I'll have to. It, I've been curious about it, but you know, I've got books from last week that I haven't read yet, so I, uh, I, yeah, I'm hesitant to to hop on a new book. The reason I've been so excited about the Flash book lately has been because my Flash was Wally West. Yep, that's he was the one that I followed. He was the Flash when I got into Flash, and this has been a Wally Wally West focused Wally West story. And particularly now that they're getting back to the pre-New 52 stuff of he knows he had children. He has memories with his children and they are gone. Iris now remembers the children as well. And those are repercussions of Flashpoint. So the story to me is it's a really good focused one of you often get these heroes fighting heroes thing where it doesn't make much sense. This makes sense. He lost his family because of Barry's actions. There's legitimate reason to be pissed at Barry there, but they're not like going at each other's throats because of it either. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. I'm I'm, so, I'm curious. So we're all on board that you know Teen Titans special number one was terrible. Yeah. Yes. But surely, surely Man of Steel number five made up for the terribleness of Teen Titans special. I I I I, I feel like I know what Paul thinks about Man of Steel <laughs> number five. Um, I, I am really curious to hear what Wayne thinks. Yes. Uh, First, the art was horrible. Uh, The art was completely different from all the previous issues. The previous issues were crisper and cleaner, and this was definitely a more stylized art. I don't want to say the art was actually bad. It just, it's jarring to me when you're doing a miniseries, you have one art style, and then you go to something so drastically different. 
I still find myself torn on this whole Man of Steel series because it. I really love Supergirl. I love Superman in character. I really hate the villain. Uh, I didn't like the issue, but there are things I liked about it. So, Aaron, your thoughts? Oh, my God, I hated this book. I, I hated this book for the same reasons that I, I have been disliking aspects of this story is the way Bendis is piecemealing certain aspects, uh, particularly like the, the, you know, Jor-El scene at the Kent family apartment. Yes. Uh, I'm sick of that. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, he, you know, we all know Bendis is a decompressed storyteller. You know, you're going to live in that moment for the rest of your goddamn life. And I am so, I mean, I'm intensely sick of it, particularly so because, you know, Jarrell shows up in the Kent family apartment. He says, hey, I'm here for your boy. And, you know, uh, Clark and Lois are like, no, I don't think so. And, you know, and he's like, Jonathan, would you like to come with me? And Jonathan's like, hmm, I don't know. And mom and dad are like, hey, you don't ask the boy. You ask us. Because Jonathan's, what, 12, 13 years old? And we see in the book where Jonathan's like, yeah, I'm going. I am to assume, we'll know for sure next week, I, I assume, that, you know, Jonathan decides to go with his mother. But why in the hell would you allow that? And why in the hell are we pretending that Superman would ever allow his child, who is maybe 13 years old, uh, to make such a decision with, with the guy who tried to kill <laughs> a whole bunch of people not several months ago? That makes no sense. Yeah, it is. A, it, it is a it is a story choice that is made because he wanted to get these characters off the table for a bit. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's obvious that's the case, and it pisses me off. Yeah. Because yeah. there's some of the most interesting thing about the book. Well, what pisses me off about it is, goddamn, the art is beautiful on those pages. You yes. Know, <laughs> Jason Fabok, you know that guy is amazing, but. Um, I, I rather hated this book, this this specific issue, and it, it finally struck me why this this series isn't sitting well with me, and it's because it's titled Man of Steel. If this was Superman's issues, Superman issues seven through twelve, uh huh, it wouldn't bug me. But this is Man of Steel, and with that title comes certain connotations that we're going, and, and with this being Bendis's first arc on the book, like you would think he would swing for the fences, do a little retconning, do a little establishing of, of status quo, but he's jumping straight into a mediocre story, um, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, a, with a, a non-established, a non non-interesting, uninteresting villain, I should say. Um, and it like, if this, again, I, I would be less harsh on this book if it was in the middle of his arc. But at the start, but as the start of his arc, and as its own separate weekly Man of Steel series, where you show the death of Superman on the cover, like we're like you know the, the covers are like, hey, look, everyone, we're gonna get the the history of Superman as written by Bendis, and that's the exact opposite of what we're getting. Like everything about this book has been misleading to what we actually got, and so I'm very disappointed from that angle. I didn't hate the art as much as you, Wayne, um, Adam Hughes. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of his i think he's a better better cover artist than an interior artist um but this issue just it, it sucked and i'm ready for the series to be over yes nope. so i hate the story and i want to hate everything about the book but damn if i don't like the way the voice of some of the characters i really like this fire chief i don't have no idea what her character name is but i really like the character 
I love Supergirl in this book when she's talking and her her voice and things like that. So I can't say that Bendis is doing everything wrong. He's just telling the story wrong. Yeah. He he is getting some of the characters. And that's why I've been so torn on this is that I hate the story. I hate the book. But damned if I don't like the characters. You know, Bendis is Bendis's strength is dialogue. Always has been. He 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 does his best work when characters are just sitting in a room eating a meal talking. Right. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the, the characters are voiced beautifully. Uh, again, my issue is how is how he's doling out the story bits. I will say one of the artistic choices that bothers the hell out of me is when Superman is recuperating in bed back at the Hall of Justice and he's got that that uh, crunched up chin where he's you know fighting back tears. And he's like, uh, you know, Batman's like. What does he want? Talking about the bad guy and Superman can barely get it out to cleanse Kryptonians. I'm just we have seen Superman endure so many things. And yeah, I know can't the the bottled city of Candor has been destroyed with all the people in it. But to see Superman fighting back tears and his his chin trembling to cleanse Kryptonians. Grow up here, Superman. Yeah, it's like that would make sense for Supergirl. She well, lived would... on. She lived on Krypton. She's been to Kandor. She knows all of this. You know, has all of this history. And I like how hard it's hitting her, because it's not an abstract idea for her. And it don't get me his memories. Don't get me wrong. I'm okay with Superman who cries, but it's that whole pathetic. It's that whole pathetic thing, of him laying in bed. You know. You know, he's beaten by the guy and he's going to sit there and fucking cry. Yeah, uh, no, there should be anger, not tears for this particular point of the storyline. Yeah, it was a, it was a poor choice. Again, I don't have a problem with the Superman who cries. I have a problem with the Superman who wallows. And that's what he's doing here. So I hated this book, Paul. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, but the sad thing is, as much as I disliked this book, I will likely pick. I'm, I'm going to pick up issue six. I picked up five oh, yeah. of them. Um, so yeah. I'll pick up issue six and then I'll pick up um, I'll pick up the first issues of Superman in action comics because I'm a glutton for so, punishment. So <laughs> one other thing that bothered me about this. You remember how the last issue ended? Um, it looked like he was doing that thing that they gave the new 52 Superman where he just releases all of his energy and blows up. Yes. And then this issue, instead of that having been what happened, he's dragging him off to the moon to fight him that you end on a cliffhanger of him releasing energy and exploding and then you don't follow up on that in any way you just drag him off without showing you him actually grabbing him to drag him off maybe he just hit him with his heat vision super hard i don't know i don't know it was a poor storytelling choice agreed well and and if you're gonna if you're gonna poke at the story inconsistencies there's the whole moment where superman realizes where uh the bad guy has gone and so he goes from being half naked in bed to flying out of the the flying through the ceiling i guess at star labs they're not at the hall of justice and uh uh you know, Kara looks up and goes, did he just leave me? Now, she's got super senses, just like Superman does. She would have seen him burst into super speed and out. Uh, you know, she, she's not a normal person. 
You know, she's not going to have the same senses that uh, that Batman does. She would see that he's making a, a run in super speed and she would have she would have been able to interpret what was going on as opposed to you know being a bump on a log. Drives me and crazy. That was the Hall of Justice, Aaron. Was it all? I, I, I seem to recall Superman saying something about uh, I told Star Labs or something that I wouldn't do that anymore. But uh, anywho. Yeah, he says something like that. But uh, when you look at it, the first. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is they show that. Yeah. And in the background, when he's putting the cape on, you see the yep. Hall of Justice down there. Yep. Point is, it's a shit. It's a shit issue. It is. Um, so bad. But, you know, this week. Also from DC Comics, they're still building up to this Batman wedding that comes out next week in Batman number 50. And Tim picked up the Batman wedding tie-in book this week, which was Harley Quinn versus the Joker. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I, I really wanted to, to hear your thoughts on it, Tim. Well, I what I did was, because this is chronologically how they came out, I read Batman 49 and then I read this book. Uh-huh. And I felt like it should have been the other way around. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I, I don't wanna I don't wanna get too far into this book because I haven't read any of the other tie the prelude tie-ins. So I don't know if they're all sort of fight scenes. It seems like that's what they make them out to be. But <clears throat> what's happening here is um throughout the entire book, Harley is kicking the Joker's butt. Just you know every, every turn and she's just telling him that it's it's her way of making him feel as powerless as she was when they were together, which was cool. Um, but obviously the, the, the twist is, is that it's leading up to the Joker turning the last screw on her, basically. That, you know, oh, I, well, I knew you were going to do all this. Why do you think I let you do it? <laughs> So it was it was a good book, but like at the end, it looked it it like kind of like epilogues to the Joker overlooking the, the church that's going to be like, you know, the, that's the throwdown for for Batman uh, 48 and 49. So I think this would have been good had they had they uh, chronologically put it together that way. There's. There's no reason this one – well, I mean, aside from uh, timing, if this one had been the first prelude book instead of – what was it? Damien versus Ra's al Ghul. Like that would have worked a lot better. Um, but this was a good – this was a good Harley Quinn Joker, uh, you know, mini story we'll say. But I So I have picked up every single one of these issues and I haven't read a single one yet. Um, are they worth it? This one was. I, I this one was because you you get the impression, um, and maybe it's because Harley has her own book and has moved away from like being being a, a second fiddle like pretty significantly. You get the feeling that this was the goodbye. Okay. Um, they might just be writing it cute like that. Um, but. Yeah, no. If if you're if you're a fan of either character, this was this was a, this was a good book to read. All right, well, but man, I w- man, I wish I read it before Prelude, though, or, or I read this before Batman 49. I um I need, I'm gonna read all of them before next week for the uh for the for the wedding. I have to I have to get ready for the wedding. Yeah, I'd I'd like to I'd like to hear how the other ones went. Um, because I have a feeling they're gonna be kind of all over the place. Yeah. This one in particular was pretty good. Okay. 
Well, one more uh, book you picked up that, well, I don't think any of us picked up, and I, I'm, I, I'm curious. I'm curious as to why you picked up Century Number One, Tim. Given that Century is is is, he, he, none of us are fans of Century. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm yeah, trying to be delicate here. Sucks. No, it no, should no. Have, it, it, it should have stayed as that. It should have stayed as the miniseries and never been brought into full continuity. Well, this okay. So let me, let me start with this. This, this is a miniseries. This entry is is a five part miniseries. Um, why did I pick this book up? So I I picked it up, uh, just at the comic store because I think I scoffed when you guys mentioned that this was a thing. And uh, the artist, uh, a person by the name of Kim Jacinto. I flipped through it and I got a very uh, Jeff Parker Thunderbolts vibe from it Mm. as far as the art. And I'm like, Mm. oh, man, I really miss Jeff Parker Thunderbolts. Yeah. And so I think I I think I read the the first couple couple page. Well, I think I read like, I don't know, the first couple the first like half page. And I'm like, I I think I want this book. (laughs) So um, Jeff Lemire for me. Uh, has, has always been a pretty solid writer. Like his his high point for for my fandom was the the Green Arrow series he put out a few years ago. It was a thirteen part series, and it was the most excited I've been about Green Arrow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If if you took Green Arrow and mixed it with Jeff Parker Thunderbolts, for me that's that's what this book was. And I was like, I, I do I do like this now. It is the century, <laughs> so there is some over-the-top stuff going on. But it's so basically what's going on is um, Doc, Doctor Strange has uh, sort of gave him a uh, his own little like century world uh, device. So every 24 hours or, or so, he's got to plug into Century World and beat back the Void. And as long as he does that, as long as he takes his medicine, <laughs> he's fine. So he's got this whole world that he's created, um, basically, you know, it, that's like him being the Sentry and everything's okay. You know, but like when he wakes up, he's just normal guy. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is for everybody, but between the art and, and, um, the, the art, the art and the writer, I felt like I had to give this a try and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sad I did because I enjoyed it. Um, so you got to see Sentry the Fry Cook, which was pretty funny. (laughs) And, uh, you got to, uh, like I said, I, you, you got to see, him being a good guy, but also the reason why he's sort of in in his own little world, because he is supreme collateral damage. So I get the feeling that you're going to tell me you're going to pick up issue two of this. <laughs> I, I I am going to pick up issue two of this. I like I said, it's not for everybody, but if you if you enjoyed either of the two books that I mentioned, I think you'd like this book. Mm. So the century's back, Paul. No, he's not. He's not in my heart. The century's back just like the four Hauntsmen are back. Yes, we are. So if you uh, listened to the four Hauntsmen season one last year, it's me, 
Kyle from View from the Cheap Seats, uh, Joey and uh, Drew from Inside the Universal, and we talk about our love of horror and all the upcoming um, haunted Halloween-themed events at theme parks and stuff like that. Uh, So we released our first uh, episode of Season 2 last week. Uh, We'll be recording our second episode probably this coming week. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure to check it out. Uh, really enjoy doing that. Something different than funny books. We don't talk about comic books there. We talk about Halloween. Um, so if you have an interest in that, check out For a Hauntsman. It's on iTunes and your favorite podcasting thing. And you can listen to it on iomgeek.com. And next week, despite July 4th being Wednesday, um, which means new comic book day, uh, there's it's a pretty big week for comics. Um, in addition to Batman 50, The Wedding Issue, you also have the newest enger- issue of Avengers from Jason Aaron and Ed Beginnis. Captain America, number one, from Ta-Nehisi Coates and um, Lanille Francis Yu. Uh, the, the, the new Captain America book comes out. Uh, also from Marvel, Donny Cates and Dylan Burnett give you Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, which is a character you'd be familiar with if you are reading Donny Cates' arc on Thanos. It's uh, Frank Castle, the Ghost Rider of the Future. That comes out as well. Also from DC Comics, The Conclusion of Man of Steel from Brian Michael Bendis and D- Jason Fabok, as well as the first issue of Catwoman, Catwoman number one, which uh, comes out of the Batman number 50. They say read Batman number 50 first. And outside of the big two, you have Beneath the Dark Crystal from Boom and Archaea, uh, which is, uh, like, I guess, an official sequel, um, comic book sequel, to The Dark Crystal, that Jim Henson movie from the 80s. So, if that's something you were you liked growing up or traumatized you growing up like it did me, no. um, you know, they, they're releasing a comic book. Yeah, so I don't know about anyone else. I don't have a local comic shop I go to, but I still get emails from some of them. And uh, some of the shops local are doing midnight events for... Uh, Captain America number one and the Batman wedding. But not for the Dark Crystal book? No, not for the Dark Crystal book. <laughs> hey, El, uh, Paul told you about the Four Hauntsmen on IOMGeek.com. Also check out uh, episode three of our all-new, all-different Star Trek Aegean uh, landed last week. It's over on the Star Trek Aegean feed as well as the IOM actual play feed, both of which you can find on the right side of the screen on IOMGeek.com. Yes, and before we wrap up, I have a question for you gentlemen in reference to those comics next week. Is anyone picking up Captain America or Cosmic Ghost Rider? I'll pick up Cosmic Ghost Rider as long as I like the artwork. Yep, same here. I plan on hitting the button to see the first few pages. I might uh, flip. I might flip through Cosmic Ghost Rider. Okay. I got to tell you, I enjoyed Cosmic Ghost Rider uh, in in other places I've seen him. Yeah. All right. Good to know. So I, I want to make sure I'm not alone. If should I pick up one or both of those? Books. Oh, Paul, you'll most definitely be alone. <laughs> alone. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, 972-763-5903 the number to call leave us your voicemail if we use it on the show you win cool stuff talk to you later (laughs) and because we're really bad about wrapping this up check out Ideology Madness on Twitter IOMGeek on Instagram IOMGeek on Facebook for um, because those are places where you can talk to us reach out to us uh, send us cool links and let us know what you think of this week's show bye everybody 
podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.